Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of The Three Pioneers. My name is Ryan, and I'm joined by Jim. Say hi, Jim. Hello. And I'm joined by Twiggy. Say hi, Twiggy. Hello, everyone. All right. So if you didn't know what this podcast is going to be about, it's going to be about Magic the Gathering. Yes, we are three grown men talking about pieces of cardboard with pictures on them. What better thing to do? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a podcast about the newest format in Magic called Pioneer. And uh, we're just going to get right into it. So, Jim. Yep. Hi. Uh, tell me a little bit about your Magic history, how long you've been playing, that kind of thing. Well, since I'm the oldest one here, I've been playing since Unlimited. Um, one of the coolest cards I've ever pulled was a Black Lotus, sadly. Jesus. Yeah, sold that when it was only 600 bucks. Yay. Um, I'm primarily an aggro deck player, but uh, I'm kind of a spike. So, you know, I like winning. And every now and again, I delve into blue. Yuck. Winning um, is good. You're, you're a gruel man. You love gruel. Yeah, I do. They're, they're my clan. Let's go. Um, or Elves is your is your guy. or Elves is his go-to, yep. Yeah, come on now. Who wouldn't like an elf that makes green mana? Uh, but yeah, I just, I've been playing magic for longer than you've both been born, so you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. All right, let's just start by hitting them hard with the, hey, guys, I'm old. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's where we go. Um, yeah, that's basically my playing career has been just chilling out, F&Ms, playing kitchen table magic, and just having fun. Sweet. Uh, Twiggy, tell me about your magic history. So I'm a little, um, we could say I'm a little less experienced than Jim is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I only started playing as the release of Avacyn Restored, which, um, you know, very, very special, more innocent time. Uh, way back when I could spend hundreds to thousands of dollars a year on this damn game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's game. still been like 10 years. So like you've been playing a while. I oh lord has it already oh goodness yeah we're getting to that point, um, but anyways uh, I'm a pretty flexible player I generally have been over the course of my time playing Magic you know I've played Control and tied every round at an FNM and I've played Aggro and never had a round go longer than ten minutes like I've kind of seen it all and done it all but if I had to lean a certain direction I'd say I have more success with like hard line aggro decks red is a great color yeah i remember when i first met you you were playing a rakdos aggro deck yep yep and that was, um, that was a black and red aggressive decks just kind of feel my thing unless i'm playing more casually in which case uh you can usually find me with some number of blue cards in my hand <laughs> nice and yeah for me i've been playing since uh well the first pre-release i went to was born of the gods uh, but I was playing for like a year before that, just really casually, until okay, okay. someone got me to come to the pre-release, and then I opened a foil Perforos, God of the Forge. Oh dear! Built a mono red deck, and yeah, I've been playing pretty hardcore since then. Um, every once in a while, I'll take like a set off if I'm not a huge fan of the limited format, or um, if I'm not a fan of standard, I'll take some time off. I've been playing pretty much since Born of the Gods, though. Um, I'm pretty much a all-around player. Like, there's not really one strategy that I, I enjoy more than others. I just enjoy winning, <laughs> so I'll play no, pretty that's... much anything. But um, so the next question I want to ask you guys is why Pioneer? This is going to be a podcast specifically about the newest format in Magic, and I was just wondering um, why. So, Jim, why don't you take the first crack at this? Well. Let's be real upfront about this. Standard has been in a bad place for a long time. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, they started messing up when they went back to Zendikar. Uh, they. Well, they I mean, we, we could make an argument for even farther back, but go on. That's true. Go on. We yeah. could, but let's be honest. That's when it really started to slip. Um, and power creep started to come in where literally if you didn't play the one deck, you weren't winning. That's that's basically what it came down to, and standards always been kind of you know, uh, power creep is a thing that happens, but they always tend to reset after uh, after you know sets rotate out. It just hasn't happened. It's never gone back down. It just slowly keeps going up, and they keep printing more busted cards. And we've had more bannings in the last 
three years than in the entire history of Magic. Yeah. Well, for standard specifically. Standard bannings look real bad on on, Mag- yeah. on yeah. Magic. So yeah, Pioneer is I don't know. It's it's when I got back into Magic. It was uh, Theros block, and uh, yeah. So I have all the stuff for it, and it looks really fun. And there's a lot of stuff that you can do with it. It's basically modern without you know the two hundred dollar planeswalkers and so on and so forth. Yeah, and a big thing too. I'm just gonna jump in real quick. Is no fetch lands. It hey, brings the no price of mana bases way down into a more, you know, more affordable range. And it also makes matches take like ten minutes shorter. That is true. In paper, anyway. That well, yes, this is true. That's where I do most of my play, so that's where I notice this the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so- any anything you have to add, Twiggy? Uh, well, I mean, if people have been paying attention, um, they'll remember that I said I started in Avacyn Restored. So I've basically been playing for just about the entire lifespan of Pioneer. And like I said before, I've kind of, you know, been all over the place, tried a bunch of different things. And now that I can play a format where I can take my entire experience of the game and just jam it all into one pit and say, fight, let's see who wins. Uh, it's actually just one of the most exciting things for me. It also, I'm excited to start, you know, getting back into tournament grinding thanks to my interest in this new format. Uh, I was a grinder in modern for years on years, but uh, it's sort of lost interest to me after, you know, uh, probably the most recent thing would be like the Hogak incidents. Yeah. Uh, but so I'm excited that uh, Pioneer is fired up and uh, it's looking like it'll be a fun format, it's looking like it'll be a good competitive format. And it's looking very affordable. Yeah, what what I really like about Pioneer, it's the same as you. I've been playing for almost all of Pioneer. So when I go to like brew a deck, I have all of the cards in my head, which mm-hmm. is like really cool. Because in modern, I, there's always new cards, and I'm like, oh, I've never heard of that card. Or um, I've never really been a big fan of modern, if I'm honest. I find okay. the decks a little bit too fast, a little bit too goldfishy, not enough interaction. Um, the lack of a good control deck in Modern is something that has kind of bugged me. Yeah. And um, Pioneer seems so far to be a very diverse format. I've seen so many different decks. And um, it doesn't look like you need to be playing like the top two or three decks to have a competitive deck in Pioneer, which I really enjoy. This exactly. is true so far. Yeah, so far. Yeah, so, it's going to um, burn down. It's a new format, but as it sits right now, everything is viable. Yeah, which is, except for the few cards they've banned so far. But we're going to get into that later. Right now, uh, let's talk about what we think the best deck in the format is. So um, I'm going to go to you first, Twiggy. What do you think the best deck in the format is and why? Well, um, honestly... I, I I don't have a ton of experience playing the format just yet. I'm not a huge uh, MTGO player. You know, I don't have a lot of time during the week and whatnot to do this. Uh, so, I mean, just looking at raw statistics, the deck that seems to pop into the lead is Mono Green Devotion, which is yeah, pretty yeah. understandable because, as people have probably noticed due to the trend of the bannings, Green has a lot of really powerful cards in this format. Uh, the existence of Nykthos alongside Burning Tree Emissary, Jade Light Ranger, uh, you know, great mana sinks like Walking Ballista existing in the format. Once upon a time, being a card, uh, Green just yeah. has a lot of power going on inside the color. And what better way to play it so far than to just, you know, slap a bunch of Nykthos in your deck and go, all oh, right, how much green mana can we make? Yeah, like I've seen disgusting starts on this deck where they go like, Turn one, uh, play an elf. Turn two, play burning tree. Play, uh, what's it called? Nykthos. Tap Nykthos. That's three mana. Tap your your elf. You have four mana on turn two, and you can play busted stuff. Like you can play Nissa on turn three. Double your mana. Get two activations of Nykthos. Like it is really gross. Yeah. Don't forget the nut draws either, though. That deck yeah. is just disgusting. Oh, right. That's just a normal consistent draw, lol. Yeah. Nut draw consists of mana dork and land. And then turn two is burning tree, burning tree, burning tree, Nykthos. Yeah. <laughs> and make seven mana and cast whatever the heck you cast want. Cast Nissa, untap your Nykthos, tap Nykthos again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
and I have seen that, and it's I don't want to use the word consistent, but it happen, happens often. Yeah. Well, okay. So we'll use the words you're unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Mono Green's a really strong deck right now. And Walking Ballista is a card that is super strong in that deck just because you have so much mana to dump into it. Yeah. I've been yep. really impressed by that card. Yeah, no no better mana sync in the format, which is kind of a shame because it uh, it narrows down what big mana decks are going to end up doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jim, what do you think is the best deck in the format, or do you think the same? Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly... Mono Green's probably the best deck. I can also see uh, a place where the Simic decks or the um, Bant Ramp decks, you know, the Field of the Dead just going off. Yeah, um, Bant just, Field of the Dead is a really good deck. Like, when you have cards like Supreme Verdict and Sphinx's Rev, Once Upon a Time, Our Promise, Growth Spiral, like, these cards are just free for these decks. And they're just getting oodles and oodles of tutus so yeah. if, if you can't deal with them early like dealing with those lands what are you gonna do You're, there's only so more many board wipes most decks can play yeah, don't forget about sure. oko literally every green blue deck in any format ever yeah i hate oko <laughs> um, let's not forget to fairy time revelers so you can instant speed oh. our promise yeehaw or instant speed wrath instant right speed supreme verdict is exactly yeah for me, another deck that I'm going to bring up is the Is It Phoenix deck. Ooh, I've yeah. seen this deck all over the place on Magic Online, and it is really powerful. Well, just yeah, the, Phoenix just, is not exactly a stable card. Yeah, just Arclight Phoenix by itself. Like That card is so good when you put like Opt, and they're playing Lightning Axe, so you can discard your Phoenixes, and Basically, it's a one-mana removal spell. Exactly. It's, 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 free, it's a free card. Yeah. Anytime and, you have free in Magic, it's a bad yeah, idea. It's uh, speaking of free, it's also playing Treasure Cruise, which cool. is one of the most busted cards they've printed in the last ten years. Yep, it's one guys, of the Ancestral best cards in the format. What's that? But guys, Ancestral is so fair. Yeah, <laughs> and like the deck gets to play Thing in the Ice as well against like creature decks. It just flips that crazy fast, sends you back to the Stone Age, and then can get in for seven. And mm -hmm. that with hasty Arclight Phoenix is coming down. Like, I think this deck is one of the top decks. I'm interested to see how it how it does once we get some more tournaments, um, like some more paper tournaments going, just to see like what the format shapes up to be. But I yep. think this is one of the top decks. I, I think uh, so. right now it's in the top five, but I think it's barely cracking the top five. Yeah, be just because there are more powerful decks, like like um, anything playing Oko in blue and green. Yeah, or anything playing Nykthos. or anything playing Nykthos. Yep, or Field of the Dead. Like, yeah, you, you flipping a thing in the ice is great, and it'll deal with all the tokens from Field of the Dead. But at the same time, by the time you get there, it's you already taken ten damage. Yeah, let, let let's talk about this Bant Field of the Dead deck for a sec. When I saw this list, it's playing the Arboreal Grazer, Elvish Rejuvenator uh, to quick get quick lands you know what i'm trying oh. to say to ramp um but it, it also just gets to play the best control cards in the format in supreme verdict and it, sphinx's revelation like it's also, blue white control with, like, such as uh dovin's veto in more control heavy yeah. games or things like settle the wreckage and uh aggro based metagames like what there's three okos yeah. in the sideboard that explains enough yeah, and it's also playing uh, Little Teferi, which is also one of the best cards in the format. Mm-hmm. Like, this deck, it can just play the control game with, like, Arboreal Grazer's a great blocker in the early game, and then it can play Teferi to set you back, and then it just comes in and hits you with the Supreme Verdict, and then, before you know it, they're going off with Field of the Dead, and they have 20 zombies in play. Yeah. I've seen them, th I've seen these decks not really playing Scapeshift in the main, um, but I've no, seen them like, playing it in the sideboard. so hard without it, right? Like, do yeah. you need to escape shift if you can just keep your opponent from doing much of anything until you're ready to kill them? Yeah, like, it's crazy. Uh, one last deck that I wanted to bring up for, like, yep. best decks in the format is Mono Black. 
Oh, yes. The mono black aggro deck that's been doing well in uh, tournaments on Magic Online. And yeah, um, honestly, I'm not surprised to see it here. Uh, you know, mono black has definitely had a lot of very powerful cards over uh, yeah. the last how many years? Yeah, it gets it gets to play four Thoughtseize. Oh, and also you get to play four Thoughtseize. Yeah, uh, like you you get to play four Thoughtseize and four Fatal Push. And what else do you really need in the format? Those are like the best one mana spells in the format. Oh, I think I know what else you need. I know what else you need. Smuggler's Copter. Just put <laughs> yeah. it over the top to oh, fill yes, of course. deck and, and basically you know hit them for three for free. Yeah, I I think in this format, if you're playing an aggro deck and you're not playing Smuggler's Copter, you're doing something wrong. Well, unless you're playing Mono Green Nixos, and then yeah, you're just... <laughs> that's a little different. I'm talking like more creature based aggro decks, like Mono White or you know stuff like that. Yeah, Smuggler's, Smuggler's Copter, Copter is just a must in those decks. Yeah, absolutely. It, it curates your hand so well, and it's it it's what two mana, sure. It comes oh, down early, yeah, does a lot of work. Yeah, it's it's a gross card. Absolutely. Is there any other decks you guys wanted to talk about as like the best um, decks? Right uh, now. I think we've covered uh, most of the really important ones for now. But again, uh, you know, as the metagame evolves over the weeks, it's not like we're gonna run out of stuff to talk about in oh, you no, know definitely. one or two episodes. Yeah. I- I'd say maybe I'll throw my hat in the ring with the mono red deck wins. Um, yeah, just, just like an aggro mono red burn style it's, deck. It's an early, like, it's a new format, so therefore red is just going to do well. It always does when something's new. There's just uh, always a good burn deck. Exactly. Like, you don't have stuff like Lightning Bolt and whatnot, but you have great cards like Light Up the Stage and Screw the Critics and Skullcrack, right? Like, yeah. You have all this available to you, plus Swift Spear and Soul Scour Mage. Just... And uh, four Smuggler's Copters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and don't forget your four Smuggler's Copters. Yeah, and Eidolon of the Great Ravel as well. Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah, no, if you look, take a look back over, you know, the history of, like, the sets that are inside Pioneer in their respective standard formats, which is obviously the next best thing you can look at when trying to... Uh, try to determine how Pioneer is going to look, you're going to see red deck wins pop up a lot and a lot of different yet uniquely powerful iterations. So yeah, for sure. Vince that once people figure out what the strongest red deck in the format is, we're all doomed. Yeah. Yeah, yep. totally. There's going to, there's always going to be a red deck. And oh. that's just the way that magic. If you look at other formats in standard, there's almost always a Bonner red deck. In modern, there's burn. In legacy, there's burn. You know, like there's in the other formats, there's always a mono red deck, and it's Absolutely. usually the cheapest deck to get into the format with. That so is you're true. Always going to see a lot of it. It's always going to be there. It's never going to be gone. Yep, you're going to have you know a couple of people at all of your pioneer FNMs mono red because they can't afford a whole lot else. And, hey, look, you got your butt kicked again. Yep. I remember losing to like. Um, Lots of people playing mono red decks when I first started playing Magic. I didn't when I started building decks and stuff like that. I didn't take into account the speed of a mono red deck. I just kind of wanted to play all my sweet cards. And <laughs> yeah, like, mono red oh, is the, first uh, my first game day win was against a literal eight year old who was just happened to be playing mono red to get to the finals of yeah. this like thirty six man game day. Yep, the deck can just win out of nowhere. Yep. yep. So um. I wanted to move on to more pet decks that we've got, or like for me, like I've been playing a lot on Mitgo this week, so I wanted to talk a little bit about what decks I've been playing, and maybe like if you guys want to talk about a pet deck that you have, maybe it's an old standard deck or something like that. Um, what do yeah, you? Yeah, I got at least one of those. Yep. Go me ahead. Too. Well, uh, Jim, would you like to start us off? Because I'm going to have a much shorter uh, amount of content. All right, well, okay. mine is one of my favorite types of decks. It's just green. It's mono green hardened scales. Yes, you've in, in this, this deck a bunch. It's disgusting how consistent it is and how easily it comes back from being behind. So it consists of your walking ballistas because you have to, mana sink. You have your yep. stone coil serpents because reach to deal with flyers, trample to deal with all the, you know, two twos floating around, and protection from multicolor. 
right? Well, like, don't forget the most important part. Plus one, plus one counters. Exactly. To go with your hardened skills. Yeah. And then there's one of my pet cards from one of the le- most recent sets, Pelt Collector. It is a beast in this deck because A, plus one, plus one counters. B, it gives itself trample. I mean, it's just a great card for one mana. Uh, the deck also runs something most people overlook, Avatar of the Resolute. It's the oh goodness. Gr- Do you want to re- like read what that card does? Sure. So it's not... it's green green. So it works with Nixos. Uh, it is a creature avatar. It's a three two, but it has reach and trample. And Avatar of the Resolute enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each other creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it. Seems decent in a hardened scales deck. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you have two other creatures and hardened scales in play, it gets what four counters? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a seven six or a, uh, sorry, a six five reach trample. Yeah, yeah it's just an onslaught two mana six two five mana. with trample. Yeah. Like, oh. And that so. that's not like a, a hard situation to have in that deck, too. Dear God, no. Uh then it's running Voracious Hydra from M20. It's the fight hydra. Um, it's the fight hydra or double the counters on it. Why not? And it has trample. Um, and then Steel Leaf Champion because, I mean, a 5 4 for three mana and yep. it can't be blocked by two twos. Sure. Why not? Or and it works two with Nick those really well. Exactly. Uh, the last creature in it is Yorvo, Lord of Garensbrig. Uh, it's three green mana. Uh, it is a legendary creature and it's a zero zero. But when it enters Battlefield, it comes in with four plus one plus one counters on it and whenever another green creature enters the battlefield under your control you put another one one counter on it yeah seems pretty good and yeah. you pair that with stuff like again hardened scales nissa voice of zendikar and vivian arcbow ranger which is great because it gives things trample and plus one plus one counters yeah, uh, which are oh, double with hard scales exactly oh and not to mention the minus three that you basically throws damage at a creature or planeswalker why not and then the great henge which comes down for two mana most of the time and when you tap it you get two life and two green mana and plus whenever a non-token creature is battlefield and again plus one plus one counters and a mechanic green doesn't have a lot of drawing a card yeah the great henge is so good in that deck so it uh, it's my pet deck it's I don't know. It seems to be working pretty good so far, but it hasn't been at any tournaments, so we'll see what it does. I'm probably going to pick it up on MitGo and see what I can do with it. Okay, fair enough. I got a few questions about that uh, before we uh, move on. Yeah, I do too. Uh, You go ahead. (laughs) Okay, first question about it. Uh, So why Mono Green over Green Black? Because obviously Winding Constrictor would seem like a very appealing card to a deck playing four copies of Hardened Scales. Um, that I didn't want to. Di- as well. <laughs> I also didn't want to dilute the mana base. Um, okay. it just it's it's consistent with mono green, and as soon as you add another color in there, uh, you might not be able to cast the turn one pelt collectors because if you don't cast them on turn one, they just get worse the further on you go. They're still good, but not as good. Um, and then you don't really get the benefit of Nykthos because I am playing Nykthos. Uh, so getting cards like Avatar the Resolute and Steel Leaf Champion and whatnot uh, and Yorvo is pretty key to the deck because you want to dump all that mana into the Stone Coil Serpents or the Walking Blistas or the Voracious Hydras. So it, the Mono Green seemed to work the best when I was testing it. There might be a way to do it with uh, Black Green, but as it sits for me, I think the Mono Green is the way I'm going to go for now. Yeah, I think the Nykthos value outweighs maybe playing Blinding Constrictor. Yeah, but I mean, it needs to be more testing to make sure. But like, that's the reason I would play mono green over. Oh, of course. And uh, the second question and last question uh, that I had there was, um, so why not experiment one? Uh, why not experiment one? Honestly, a I don't own the card. Um, <laughs> oh, there she is. But at the same time, um, I don't know. It just it pell collector seemed to be nicer. Uh, and experiment one doesn't have trample natively, right? So I have no way of giving it a trample, so it can't get through. Sure, they have to block it, 
but I have better creatures like than that for that type of purpose. Like Yorval, you have to block it because it's a massive powerhouse. So okay. experiment one, I honestly I took Pelt Collector over it because it does a lot more um for what the deck is doing the way I play it. It's All also right. you said it, it's a pet card of yours, and that's that's a big reason to play a card. Yep. yep. Especially in this format, I feel like there's room for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, more Especially than in, in like uh, the next few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More than so in like modern, where like you don't have time to really play anything other than the top decks. Yep. Yeah. And uh, speaking of pet cards, boy, let me tell you about Heart of Kieran. Ooh. Heart of Kieran and all of its old friends back in the standard Mardu vehicles deck. That we had. Uh, this is why I said that mine was definitely going to be shorter because it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, as of right now, it's the old Mardu Vehicles deck that I used to run, complete with some of the slower removal and maybe suboptimal creature choices, with some small tweaks to the the mana base with Shocklands and to the Planeswalker base with uh, especially Gideon Blackblade. I'm having a lot of success with. Ooh. You know, having a three mana Planeswalker that's always a creature seems to be a pretty big positive, uh, especially when. You know, he can uptick for virtually no consequence and make Heart of Kieran even better, or, uh, on the other hand, just remove permanence if he sticks around for a few turns. Nice. Yeah, um, I played that um, deck in Standard as well. And are you playing, like, Beaumont Courier? And Yep, still yeah, playing Beaumont Courier, Scrappy Scrounger, Toolcraft Exemplar. And, oh, the other big change was four copies of Thoughtseize, because obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thoughtseize yeah, is very powerful. If you're playing black and you're not playing Thoughtseize, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah, probably. Unless you could you probably make room for Thoughtseize, yeah. Unless you don't own them and they're worth a lot. Yeah, those are those are cards in which even if I didn't own them and I wanted to play a black deck, I would be buying them. It, yeah. They're good in every format. Yeah, absolutely. Just so good. Um, so for me, I've been playing a lot this week on Magic Online. And um, I didn't have that many tickets sitting around, so I didn't want to buy like one deck for a lot of money. I wanted to buy a few decks that were kind of cheaper. Okay. So I'm going to talk about my pet deck, which is Mono Red Devotion. Hey. Now, I played this deck back when it was in Standard. This is, again, a Nykthos deck. There's kind of a theme running through this show. Nykthos. <laughs> um, this is a deck that gets better in Pioneer than it was in Standard. Because you get the, um, you get to add Goblin Chain Whirler. Oh God! And uh, Torbrand Thane of Redfell. Oh Lordy! Yeah, which doubles all of your uh, red damage. So it's a really simple deck. You play a bunch of cards that have red pips on them, and then you play Nykthos, and then you play Fanatic of Mogus, where it deals damage to your opponent equal to the number of uh, devotion you have. And that's pretty much it. You play Burning Tree Emissary to um, boost your Nykthoses. You play some burn spells, and then you put it together. I ended up going 5-0 on uh, Pioneer League this week with the deck. And uh, I was super, super pumped because it's not like a Tier 1 deck at all. This is true. This is true. So uh, have you considered playing, uh, you know, Fireball-type effects in uh, a strategy like that? Because that's... That's what I hear when I hear like Nykthos, a bunch of red pips, and then payoff. Um, not really. The only like the biggest uh mana sink in the deck is Perforos. You get to give all, give all your creatures plus one plus oh, which is pretty good. Um I find it it only runs twenty-two land, so you don't usually have that much mana. Okay. Um when you have a board big enough to make Nykthos good, you're already winning. So I don't uh, really think you need the fireball. Right. There's there's no sense in having, you know, a card sitting in hand that past the point where your opponent's already dead. Yeah. That's why I'm not playing the... The Fanatic of Mogus is the fireball. That's fair. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's not a completely tuned deck. It's just a deck that I really enjoy playing. Um, I want to talk about one other deck. It I call it Treasure Burn. It's oh, blue dear. red and it plays like the burn like Monastery Swift Spear, Young Pyromancer, Storm Chaser Mage as the creatures, and then it plays burn spells and treasure crews. Oh uh, yes, harkening back to the days of modern Delver. 
Yeah, exactly. And this deck is it's very streamlined. You get to like play opt and you play light up the stage and treasure cruises your draw spells and then you got burn spells and creatures that are good with burn spells. Um, it's a really cheap deck, which is why I got it on Magic Online and I had pretty good success with it. I went four one a couple times, um, and it, it gets like some counter spells out of the board, and then. Yeah, I just think it's a it's a solid deck that's pretty cheap for Magic Online. Absolutely, and that's that's going to be very important in the early stages of this format because some people are just going to want to dip their toes in and not, uh, not dive head first like uh, some of us who can afford to have. Yeah, like in in Magic Online, I I chose to do like I have like four or five decks rather than buying like one Field of the Dead deck where Field of the Dead is like twenty tickets or whatever. Good so you gotta Lord. spend like a few hundred dollars to get a deck. I'd rather spend, you know, fifty and get like a few more decks. Absolutely. Okay, so now, um, for our last discussion here for the rest of the podcast, I want to talk about bannings in this format. Ah, uh, yes, we've had favorite, least favorite subject. Yes. So we've had a few bannings. Do you want to name the cards that have been banned? Sure. Uh, so all of the fetch lands. Um, yep. Teladar Guardian because we don't want Sahili combo again. Absolutely. Uh, that was Leilai a quick that was a really quick ban and really good ban. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Leilai, Leiline of Abundance because you know Nykthos Dexes aren't disgusting already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oath of Nissa because you know, yeah, let's let Nykthos Dex play planeswalkers of all colors. Um and yep. also mm-hmm. get lands. Uh and Veil of Summer because again go and fix your mana or destroy creatures or anything that green is doing right now it needs to go um yeah <laughs> wow veil of summer's, a very impressive statement yeah veil of summer is just like a really busted magic card absolutely yeah. no reason for green to have the best counter spell in the format yeah right when it's already so, like the best deck so mm-hmm. if you're seeing a trend here um well most of the banned cards are green yeah I wonder why. Right? <laughs> and um, let's let the listeners behind the curtain here. We're recording this on a Sunday night. So we're expecting another ban announcement tomorrow. Absolutely. And I want to talk about what cards we think are going to get banned, what we want to get banned, and All what right. we don't want to get banned. So, so Jim, why don't you start? Uh, I have a list of cards, uh, a top five. Uh, so number five to get banned is probably going to be dig through time <clears throat> okay i can see that Part's part just too powerful let's be honest um it's because of the control decks that are playing it well it's not just the control decks like even the aggro decks like you could you could be playing arclight phoenix decks and playing that card yeah it's literally two mana most of the time i i've seen an arc i was playing against magic online uh yesterday against a player playing uh tome scour in his phoenix deck oh god which is like just a blue target player mills five yeah. he was targeting himself and then using dig through time mm-hmm. so not bad for three mana to you know get to scry and 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 take the two best cards essentially yeah like look at seven and take two like i find dig through time just in control decks is so powerful because it's not necessarily the amount of cards you're looking for you're looking for specific answers when you're in a control deck yeah. dig through time is really good at that exactly and as long as the loath fairies around uh, i think that card's going to be way too powerful cuz you can just stack and get you know your answers at any point in time cast them if they're sorcerers or instants it's just it's a broken card in, in this type of format right now so I feel like while we're talking about Dig Through Time, we should also treasure is going to end up falling in the same vein as Dig Through Time. Uh, I would have to disagree. Really? Uh, it's not as powerful in decks as Dig Through Time is. Not as inherently powerful, but you have to consider the difference when it comes to cards like Arclight Phoenix and Young Pyromancer and Thing in the Ice. The difference between one and two mana. It's huge. Yeah, it is. But you also have to remember you're not digging as deep either. Like, I see Treasure Cruise is more powerful in, like, an aggro deck where Dig Through Time is better than a control deck. Exactly. This is certainly true, yes. But both are arguably too powerful for the format. 
Oh yeah, like they've been too powerful for every format they've been in. Yeah, what what uh, I think they were safe and standard, and uh, that's because yeah. everything was at the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So my number four um, would be walking ballista. And the reason for it is because you have these mono green decks. They can be played in mono green ramp. They can be playing mono green nickthos. They can be played in bant ramp. Like it, it's a colorless card that deals with almost anything and it's just it's good <laughs> it's just too good um I, I don't know what else to say about walking lista yeah i've i've seen i've seen it in many different kinds of decks not so much like strict aggro decks but anything ramping or anything playing control um it's just good yeah it is yeah. it is honestly just far too powerful uh you know you give a primarily red effect to every color that wants it and suddenly you're going to get uh you know some pretty homogenized formats like we've seen with things like you know uh modern there are at least three or four decks that play hardened scales pioneer three or four decks play uh sorry uh walking ballista uh you know in standard several decks played walking ballista in legacy several decks play walking ballista like mm. yeah. yeah so i think it has to go just because it's colorless and it can be played in so many different decks of different kinds even like it, it can be played in aggro control mid-range like it, you won't see it in every deck but it can be there like it's it's something that can happen and it just it shouldn't fit every deck yeah um so my number three would be field of the dead um getting tutus for free aka just by playing lands seems absolutely ridiculous yeah the the feel of the dead decks are very powerful and i don't know like i've seen uh, have you seen the mono green feel of the dead deck that plays yeah yeah um it's kind of dumb and the fact that you can play some of the best eldrazi ever printed in that deck as well if you really wanted to because all those a lot of those lands produce colorless mana it's just dumb yeah it's it's a there's a few iterations of it. There's the uh, aggressive version. There's a mid-range version. And then there's a control version I've seen. And green should not be a control deck. <laughs> yeah. It just shouldn't. Um, but yeah. So there's a theme going on with my ban list. Once Upon a Time is the next one at number two. Interesting. Uh, card's just good. If it was a sorcery, it probably would be okay. But the fact that it is an instant... And does a lot of things for your deck. It just, it can't, again, can't happen. It just will, like... Like, the reason that... those cards are good is because you can keep a two-lander once upon a time hand. Mm -hmm. And then find your third mana. Or, late in the game, you don't get the free part, but you can search for, like, a powerful creature or something like that. Yeah, there's reasons why the Green Ley Line and Othanessa were banned. It's because they have similar type effects where it's either free or just does too much. What do you think about that, Twiggy? Well, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but you're entirely... You know, uh, Once Upon a Time has just kind of been showing up anywhere that the color green has been. And the big reason for that is it, it's just way too powerful. Things it's, like, you know... It's free. Anytime we see something free in Magic... Hey, it's yeah, anytime we see something free on an effect that is already powerful enough and argue, people have been arguing too powerful for other formats, things like, you know, Ancient Stirrings, Oath of Nyssa, cards like this. Oh, Attuned with Ether? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, it's... Let's look at the history of free cards. Let's go back in order. Right now we had the Ley Lines and Oath uh, Once oh, Upon yeah. a Time. And then before that we had this mechanic called Energy. And Aetherworks Marvel, because you could put Titans into play for free. Um, you look a little bit further back, and you just... There's Phyrexian El Mana. Phyrexian Mana. Uh, Eldrazi. Mana. El Everybody's favorite thing that isn't in Pioneer. It, yep. Everyone remember Eldrazi Winter in Modern? Oh, Lord. that's uh, Let's not talk about that. Right? Yeah, let's not talk about that. I have Ugin. That was a bad, bad time for right? the format. It, I have just, Ugin. Bad time any, for all of us. Anytime you have free on a card it's just a bad idea it they just seem to not be able to balance them properly yeah 
Well, no, how can you balance them properly? Even Memnite and Ornithopter are in tier one strategies in multiple formats. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's a um, blue, red, and soul artifact deck in this format that plays Ornithopter. Yep. Yeah, free cards. What is their deal anyway? Yep. You have to make them literally do nothing like Darksteel Relic did, or they're too good. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, someone... But then, you know, they don't do anything. I still think that um, Once Upon a Time is not as high on the list as you have it. I think it should be a little lower. But... Um, <sighs> I, I can foresee I can foresee doing some dumb things in this format. Um, yeah, it just it it irks me. Anything that's free is it's something that yeah. shouldn't be, and that's why why Field of the Dead to me and Once Upon a Time are kind of interchangeable on my list. But it just green is in a place right now where it just it's too good. <laughs> yeah. And Fair enough. Once upon but a time wait, makes if it better. Those two cards are free. It are at two and three, and there isn't another free card in the format. What's what's your number one? Nykthos Shrine to Nyx. Hey, to the surprise of no one, Nykthos yep. is on our list. I, I agree completely. It works in almost every color. We haven't seen a whole lot of the mono black or mono blues yet, but if you oh, I've, there. Seen, if I've remember, seen some. If you remember uh, Theros. And the mono blue decks and the, the mono black decks with Gary and whatnot, it just it gets out of hand real quick and it turns into like a turn four or five format. Yeah, I, I've run into some mono black Gary decks and some mono blue decks playing Thassa and Master of Waves. Mm -hmm. um, Nykthos is just too good for the format. Yeah, this I is it needs to go. There's, there's a reason why they took out cards like Leyline of Abundance. Mm -hmm. It just it was free and Nithos isn't free, but the way you build the decks that work with it, it it doesn't cost you much. No, it, it just makes you incredibly mana positive exactly. really quickly. And with things it's like walking ballista free. and whatnot, it just you, you don't want that type of you don't want that type of game. So like yeah. the way that I abused Nykthos in that mono red deck I was talking about. Is you go on turn three, you play you or on turn two, you play a two mana two two that has double red pips. On turn three, you play a burning tree emissary, play Nykthos, tap for four, and play a four drop on turn three and a two drop. Like that's mm -hmm. just so much mana that you shouldn't have that early in the game. Exactly Absolutely. in mono red. Yeah. So that's not even in green. That's in red. Yeah. So that's that's my top five. I have a couple of honorable mentions, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, Smuggler's Copter. Yeah, that was one I was surprised wasn't on your list. Uh, yeah, were... like I was saying before about homogenizing, like we were saying before about homogenizing, if you are playing a good number of creatures and you aren't playing the copter right now, you're unfortunately doing it wrong. You are yeah. and you aren't. Um, I I think that takes the fun out of deck building when you when a card has to be in your deck. Absolutely. The reason I don't have it in my top five is because the other five are way more powerful. And Smuggler's Copter, let's be honest, we have cards that can deal with it easily now. When it was in standard, it was disgusting because there was really no way of dealing with it. No, this was pre-abrade. So it was pre-abrade. It was pre-fatal. Yeah. Uh, like fatal push was. It's set after. Yeah, it just they banned it before Fatal Bush came out, right? So it just yeah, I don't think it's it's gonna I don't think it's gonna break the format. Um I it's on the list because it is powerful, it's two mana and it's colorless. Like if it can go on India deck, it probably shouldn't see play. Yes, that's that's the biggest thing to note here is because no matter how powerful a card is it may not be able to warp a format unless it's very homogenous. You can play it, you can, you can make a lot of different people play it, either by being far too powerful, in which case the card's problem is power, or in the case of being far too easy to play and having far too low of an opportunity cost, which is the problem with a copter here. You know, If everybody has to buy four copters to play Creature Decks and Pioneer, that's going to drive the price of the copter up, that's going to drive players away from the format. I mean, I'll be okay with that because I own eight copters, so yeah, I'll sell them. Um, <laughs> but regardless, yeah, it, it, any card that can be played in any deck that has creatures um, and it fixes hands, it might become a problem. 
Yeah, the part that makes Copter stupid is like attacking or blocking at loots. Yes. Like, if it didn't have the loot, it wouldn't be as good. If it didn't have the, the loot, loot is so oh, powerful. If they change the wording to be it has to deal damage to a player or planeswalker, then it would be fair. But the fact that you can loot when you block and loot as soon as you attack, like you don't, you don't even have to leave your attack step. Yeah. Right. It's just a busted magic card. Um. So yeah, I that's one of my honorable mentions. The other one is to fairy time rattler. And hear I'm me, entirely fair one. hear me out I, on this I, one, because if you ban any of my top five, that card becomes really powerful. I mean, it's already yep. powerful, but it becomes disgusting to the point where it will f- warp the format because you get to do free uh instant speed things so supreme verdicts and your hour promises will just get stupid um it part just... of the re- sorry part of the reason that teferi is so gross and same with like narset is because they come with those free abilities tacked onto them yeah not being able to play anything at instant speed wrecks like some some decks yeah. like the fact that you can lock entire decks out of playing the game by having a teferi time reveler and narset on the table like yeah. that's not fun nobody's having fun there sure oh, yeah. you're winning but i'm i'm sure you're not having fun doing that. now one thing i feel i should mention on the topic of a potential ban for teferi time reveler is while this card is incredibly powerful this card is also currently acting as a safety valve on the format. If you've paid attention to tournament results, you'll see one deck is notably missing from, uh, you know, the popular tournament decks. Aetherworks Marvel. This is because Teferi Time Raveler, which is currently a pretty popular card, looking at, like, the Bamprant decks, the Control decks in the format, even some of the aggro decks in the format are playing as Teferi. This Teferi stops the Marvel deck from going about its main game plan, which is incredibly important in keeping the metagame healthy. So if Teferi Time Raveler is going to end up getting banned, and I'm not saying whether it should or shouldn't, Marvel is going to have to go with it at the same time. And I wouldn't be sad about that. It's No, no one would. It's Yeah, but once you start like banning this many cards, you start kind of... Anything powerful that just gets banned is not a great place for the format no, to be. No, but I think like everyone is pretty much in agreement that Nykthos needs to go. As soon as you remove Nykthos, this ban Field of the Dead deck takes over the format. Yeah. Yep. And then once um, you ban Field of the Dead, uh, blue-white decks take over the format. I, I've heard a rumor about Nykthos that they don't want to ban it because there's a new Theros set coming out. Which would make sense. And people and they want would it that makes for sense. Devotion. But that's just the thing I heard. I don't know if that's true or not. But hey, it'll make um, the most popular deck in the format cheaper to buy. So that's kind hey. of a win. Um, another thing I want to mention is Oko, while we're talking about three-mana Planeswalkers. Oh yes, I hate Oko. He's just way too good. That middle ability needed to be like a minus, but it's a plus. I don't understand. It's like they made a typo on the card. I think. Well, I mean, yes. I think the typo was either on Oko's CMC or on his loyalty to begin the game. Yeah. Again, everything about Oko is just so overwhelmingly good and efficient and consistent and decently powerful that like yeah the card presents a lot of problems for a lot of different types of strategies and a lot of different decks and the way he's currently designed is just not going to make it for most formats in the game so when oko hits the uh, everyone's knee-jerk reaction ban oko and everything uh reaction uh oko's going to also bite it in pioneer but we have to wait to see how long that takes that being said, I haven't seen that many Oko decks. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's there, but it's not there like Smuggler's Copter or no. Once Upon a Time. It's not there like those cards. Yeah. Entirely true. To be fair, though, of all the cards we've talked about, Oko's also one of the most expensive cards. Oh, yes. That is true. Like, it, right now... It, I, I'm a big fan of keeping the format as cheap as possible. Absolutely. This needs to be one of the pulls for Wizards' new budding format is people need to be able to afford to buy it so that as Standard loses its appeal over time, which it has been doing for years and yeah, years and years Standard now, people can place. jump into a different of type of event and still have that kind of fun. 
Like I'm having so much fun with Pioneer. I almost want to buy like five decks, show up to F and M, and be like, "We're playing Pioneer. If you don't have a deck here, take one," because right. I'm so sick of Standard, and I'd much rather play this format. Yeah, Standard's in a bad spot right now, which is good news for Pioneer. And if the prices stay low, that's good news for Pioneer player. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the end of my list. <laughs> I'm glad we all kind of agree on most of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, everything in your list seems to have made sense, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised to see all five of those cards gone at some point in the near future, though perhaps, you know, not this upcoming ban announcement coming on uh, Monday, November 18th. But um, I'm going to call it now. If the announcement on Monday, November 18th, 2019 says that Nyxos and nothing else is banned, I owe myself $5. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I'm kind of torn between Nykthos and probably Walking Ballista. Because if you get rid of one of those, the decks that play them become more fair. Yeah, this is true. Uh, just, But only time will tell as far as that is concerned. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Well, um, did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about? I believe we've covered everything I wanted to mention. Uh, other than Pioneer is best format right now? Other than Commander? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I've been having so much fun with Pioneer. Absolutely. Okay, so that's going to do it for our first episode of The Three Pioneers. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we do have an email. I set up a Gmail account. It's the3pioneersmtg at gmail.com. So we'd love to hear from you. If you email in, we'll totally read it on the show. Absolutely. And do all that kind of stuff. Um, maybe keep it PG. <laughs> well, or, don't. Mm. or don't. Or mm. don't. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to do it for us. So thank you for everyone for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. And hopefully we'll be able to talk about these new bannings. Goodbye, everyone. Later. <laughs>